<laughs> bed wasn't shaking. After watching this movie, if my kid says, my bed is shaking, we're leaving the house. Yeah, we're burning it down, starting over. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of I Finally Watched. This is David, and today I finally watched The Exorcist. And this is Alon, and today I also finally watched The Exorcist. So we're starting our, uh, our Halloween episodes early in September, so we can do more than, than, the, than four, I guess. And neither of us have seen this, but I have, ever since last year, wanted to watch this movie and wanted to do an episode on it. And mainly just because um, the one shot of the old priest walking into the house like with the fog everywhere mm -hmm. like i saw it on instagram i was like oh that's really cool so i imagine this movie's like this is a really good movie and of course like well of course i didn't know this at the time but this is like one of the very few like horror movies that was nominated for best picture and had a bunch of other oscar nominations it was the first um, one right and so having said all that I really liked it. I was talking to a few people about it and just saying how not scary it was. I think I told you that before you watched it, but that was just really well done and interesting um, and maybe unintentionally funny given the, the passage of time. It's incredibly unintentionally funny. But here's the thing. I think for people who are specifically spooked by like satan and demonic possession um i think that would still get a scare out of people today um, um well i will tell you when one of my friends watches it what he thinks because his mom told him never to watch it it's the scariest movie ever made which i've met her she's a lovely lady but she i can't believe she watched this movie um, no, but, but here's the thing if think about it it was made back in 73 right uh-huh and well, it, was, it came out in 73. And so I think, you know, 40 years ago was a lot less. 50. Okay, whatever. 50. 50 years ago. God, can you believe 63 was 48, 50, yeah, 50 years, years ago? ago? Jesus, man. Anyways, the, um, the thing is, is that I, I feel like just because over the past 50 years, the things that we've gotten away with putting out in media is is like so outside of what like 50 years ago was used to this is like nothing to us this is like whatever but the people who who watched it back then and who have not watched it since and still have like the memory of the impact it had on them 50 years ago i could see that being like telling their kids don't watch this you know well, and if I, uh, yeah, I agree. I definitely agree that this is probably super scary uh, when it came out. And in fact, if I had watched this in the late 90s when I was like a preteen or a kid or a teen or whatever, it probably would have scared me then. Um, but not now, not even remotely close now. I'll tell you, I was a little freaked out because um, I get scared super easy. Um, and, I, and I do not enjoy demonic possession. Uh, not, not, not like the average Joe, I guess. Um, but the, whenever they opened the bedroom door, you never knew what was going to be on the other side of that. Like, was she going to be right there? Was she going to be tied up? Is she out? Like you never knew. And that the moments where you don't see her 
scared me more than the moments where you actually saw her, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah, yeah, the anticipation. Um, by the way, have you seen Paranormal Activity? Yeah, I've, I've watched pretty much all of them, except maybe the last few. Did those freak you out? I watched them with like a huge group of other pussies. and so like the camaraderie that we all experienced of being scared um was making it a little less scary but yes it it still scared all of us and especially since most of us all went to the same church at that time so the Uh, demon thing definitely like scared us what was funny okay wait i have a real quick funny story about um we all got together at my friend's house every year to watch the new iteration of Paranormal Activity. And there was one, uh, I think it was three. And, and so we all went over to her house. We were all hanging out by the pool before it turned nighttime. And we were like cracking jokes about her pool vacuum being possessed. We were kids. We were stupid shit, right? Lo and behold, one of the plot points is the fucking pool vacuum being yeeted out of the pool in the movie. And we all burst out laughing because that was just like a, such a like out of left field sort of thing. And that's my funny story. I don't think the word yeet was in, in common parlance back in the day. I, uh, so I've only ever seen the first one. One of my friends told me it was super scary. It freaked him out and he had to like, I don't know if he had to sleep in his brother's room. I think he might have. And I was like, well, movies don't scare me, so I'm going to watch it. He's like, dude, don't watch it by yourself. Don't watch it at night. I was like, all right, well, now I have to do those things. (laughs) And it was when I was in uh, law school. So I drove back to Gainesville, got there at like 1 a.m., put on Paranormal Activity, watched it, and then just went to bed. See, this is the difference between you and I, is that you watched it when you were in college, and I watched it when I was in high school. (laughs) Okay. So I think if I watched it for my first time in college, I don't think I would be that freaked out about it. I, I will say. We'll find Paranormal- out in Heret- with Hereditary in a couple of weeks. <laughs> I don't want to watch Hereditary. Paranormal 2, uh, Paranormal Activity 2 is way scarier than 1. I will just put that out there. Um, moving on, back to The Exorcist. Yeah, and so uh, you you talking about the the building of tension so when we get to um, Iraq, which is basically where the movie starts, there's like a couple of shots of like the house and like the Virgin Mary. And then we're in Iraq. And this whole time, I'm kind of like sitting on the edge of the couch, like, all right, what's going to happen? And he like sticks his head hand in this archaeological dig site in this hole. And I'm like, is his hand about to get grabbed? And like, it keeps going on. I was on and I was like, oh, wait, nothing is going to happen here. Like, this is all <laughs> Set up. setting up a plot like this you realize watching like once you finish this and, and going through it the second time that this movie is an hour and a half to an hour and 40 minutes to set up the last 30 minutes of it. A hundred percent. And me going into this, knowing absolutely nothing about the movie one completely surprised that it started in Iraq. I did not see. <laughs> I thought I put, on, I thought I put on the wrong movie. I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> this is the wrong the exorcist movie fun fact you look up the exorcist movie to try to watch it on any like netflix hulu Tubi, whatever um surprising amount of exorcist movies have been made um another fun fact 
There is a movie called Shark Exorcist. I highly recommend that one. Yeah, you kept sending me clips of it. That that was appreciate that. Infinitely yeah, I'm entertaining. Sure I'm pretty sure it's a porn. It's a porn without without any things that make the porn worth watching. Um, the other thing is is that I thought the whole movie. Like, first of all, I came into this thinking the movie started with that really awesome sh- uh, shot of Marin walking up to the house. You thought it was a two-hour exorcism? I thought it was a two... No joke. I thought it was a two-hour exorcism. Um, and I thought that's what I was getting into. And I did not even closely expect an hour and a half of setup. I didn't see them having to go to the doctors and her talking to the doctors and her going through blood tests and like an MRI. And I'm like, this is not the movie I thought it was at all. Um, But the thing is though, is that you say it's an hour and a half of setup for the last 30 minutes, but she becomes like very obviously possessed, like 40, 50 minutes into the movie. Yeah, I'd say the first doctor visit is when you are for sure, which I want to, we can talk about it, but um, I just think that a lot of the beginning of the movie is setting up for the end of it, right? Like it, it's, it's, it's all setting up for a payoff, which most movies, you know, are setting up for things that happen later, but it's just interesting how much is set up for this last little bit for example, all the stuff with Damien, Father Damien, yeah, all of that is just to set up the fact that the demon knows these things. Yeah. None of it's important except no. for the fact that the demon knows it. His brother, his mom dying, his um, kind of The like... homeless man asking for money, saying he used to be a, an altar boy. Yep. All of um, it. Like, none of it matters of it. Except, except for the way that it affects... Um, it, it the the way that the demon knows this and it affects him during the the exorcism so it's yep. just it's just interesting um i did think that the the finding of like the devil head statue in iraq and with like the dude just standing there and the dogs fighting was pretty ominous one thing i noticed in that is like the music in this movie especially for a horror movie is so subtle besides like the opening title sequence and then like the credits in the end that are really like kind of like grading the rest of it's very like low key. Well, I wouldn't say that because when, um, well, okay, we can, we can start a little bit. So we have Iraq and we talked about Iraq and then we're kind of jumping into following the mother in her everyday life. And we get that she's an actress when she's walking off of set, you kind of get what I call like the Halloween a little bit, but it was still very subtle. Like that was the only other time that I heard it, that I heard anything, but it was still like pretty low. And it like, it could have been, it, it definitely reminded me of Halloween though. I agree with that. Yeah. But other than that, I don't really remember music and like music plays such a huge part of most horror movies. The fact that it's so not present in this was just kind of like, it stood out to me. Um. Yeah, but the the d d d d d d you know that that thing that stuck out uh, to me at least. Um, but I think what was happening is that all the setup and all the plot and all the story that was happening, uh, 
even if there was music in the background, I mean, you're so focused on what's happening because there's so much that does happen in this film. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I mean, maybe you just, you just focused on the film. Potentially. Yeah. Um, one thing, so the movie opens with a really cool, like that Georgetown shot that just pans directly into like the staircase, which I only kind of realized on second watch because it, you don't realize how important it is. And also specifically like the geographical setup of the staircase to the house um, was confusing to me until I finished the movie. But, but one thing I noticed in the beginning is, you know, it starts out with the mom going into her daughter's room and the windows open. Yeah. And like, I guess a key element of this movie that goes unspoken, but is fairly obvious is like the, the demon likes it cold. Um, I guess. <laughs> fairly obvious to me, I guess. But <laughs> her window is open in that opening shot. And so it's like the possession had to have already started. Like we've missed the beginning of the possession because she already has like the Ouija board out and she's already likes it cold and like there's already movement up in the attic you know is that like, is that how you think she gets possessed is through the ouija board i i don't think it hurts i think it, i think it <laughs> helps i think it helps um what was the demon's name mr howdy yeah which apparently is supposed to be a reference to her her the wife's uh, chris's estranged husband and her father the demon is her father? No, the, just the name of it is like a reference to her father. I forget what his name was. I think it might have been Harold or something. Oh. Um, so I, I was looking up because I saw years ago, I saw a review of The Exorcist 2. Um, and we'll get into that in a second because I have questions about that. But it is revealed that the demon's name is like something like Pafufu. And it's never mentioned in the, in this. I got to really find out exactly the name of the demon there. But um, it's never mentioned in this movie exactly what his name is. But I'm really, really glad they didn't say Pafufu because and that would have cut the tension right there. Pazuzu. Pazuzu? P-A-Z-U-Z-U. Pazuzu. I was fucking close. So you know, It's funny, too, that... And I actually, so you, just to say this out loud, but you and I watched different versions. Yours was like the two hour, two minute version. Mine was the two hour, 12 minute version, which I still don't know if that was the extended version or was the director's cut version. Um, but there's like minor differences. And if yours, if yours came out in the 2000, it's the extended. If it's the 2010, then it's the director's. Not sure. Okay. I'm unsure. Okay. But did you have the uh, the demon faces pop up at random points, like the white makeup? Oh, yeah, I definitely did not have that. Yeah, so, and I'll, I'll tell you when it happens, but what was interesting about that is those demon faces were actually um, test screenings for the makeup that the daughter was going to wear as the demon, and they were bad, <laughs> but then he used them in this 2000 or 2010 cut. And what's funny, I think he added them in the 2000s, so that's probably the one I watched. And then I think he like removed stuff like in the 2010 director's cut. So it's really so, interesting. So when was this occurring? Uh, one was when the mom comes home and the lights are flickering on and off, and then she goes upstairs. Uh, and no, it's right after Burke was killed. Mm. 
Um, and then another point was when um, the daughter, I'll say it when it exactly happens, but when the daughter, I think, is in the doctor's office at some point. Oh. Is it like so. superimposed on her own face? No, it's a flash. It's like one of those like, did you see it moments? If you blink, you, you, you won't see it. It's like, oh, instant. honestly, it could have been in my movie then. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> I know how well you pay attention. Um, you know what? One thing I didn't notice too, and this is right before the we talked about how she's walking home and the music is playing, but uh, Father Damien is in the background when she's talking to the director and he's like, oh, well, why don't I call the writer? He's in Paris. Maybe he'll answer. And everyone, And then you see a crowd of people laughing. Yeah. And Father Damien's one of those, but I didn't realize it because I wasn't, I didn't know what he looked like. I didn't, you know, know I was looking at a person I was going to be seeing for the rest of the movie. So I didn't realize it until the second watch, but it's really weird because it's like the only time he smiles in the entire movie. Yeah. He was just like an extra in this like crowd shot at this movie, I guess. I don't even think he was an extra. I think he was like one of those people that like watches a, a scene being shot. Oh, did you understand why it was important for us to see her see him talking to this guy in the courtyard? It was important to set up later on. She wanted to ask about him because she sees him all the time. And it looks like he's kind of not interested in her, but interested in the whole like, oh, the, this this acting is going on. There There is a lot of like the characters in this movie talk about movies a lot. Yeah. Like the officer talks about movies and then father damien makes well, a joke I mean, about seeing movies our mate yeah that's true yeah yeah and then our mate but the way they treat that the main character is like a famous actress but like they don't really they like address it but very subtly so you kind of forget it uh, at certain points i wonder i mean i know this was based on the on a book but i'm curious to see if this was like because if this demonic possession happened to anyone non-famous right then no one would like give a shit. But the fact that all eyes were on this actress as her daughter, like for example, peed in the middle of the living room, right? Something like that. I wonder if that stood out more. Like what was the point of making her an actress, a well-known person? Yeah, um, yeah I'm, I'm not exactly sure. I think it just made it so all the money spent on these doctors that did nothing <laughs> made sense that she could afford it. Did you think that the child acting was a little weird in the beginning when the mom's I, asking her like how her day was. And she's like, Oh, there's the most beautiful horse mommy. And when can I get a horse? Like and then the whole cookie scene where she's not allowed to eat cookies. I took it as child late sixties acting. Okay. What was that? Or, I don't know I how mean, late sixties child acting goes, but it was odd to me. It was just like, you know, I'll tell you what, though. I mean, you can say anything. First of all, Linda Blair was 14 years old when uh, when she did this movie. Um, you could kind of see that she really relished in her, like, the beginning of this movie where she was, like, acting as an actual, you know, uh, you know, close to actual 16-year-old, 12-year-old uh, girl. But the thing is, though, is that her turning into this like really foul vile demon creature thing that was from a 14 year old girl that's like super impressive to me well some of the voice at least was not her like the raspy demonic voice wasn't her but right. it was overlaid on top of her actual voice right 
that makes sense to me though because you're trying to have like a demon say something you know right no 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 i agree i mean to get it to sound you want it to sound different so if it just sounds like a 14 year old girl doing a voice it's not going to work um yeah we we talk about his the priest and his like visiting his grandma in new york and it is interesting i was looking at all the shooting locations and besides, I think maybe like the bedroom stuff was shot in an, in an L.A. studio or whatever. All the outside stuff is shot where it says, you know, we're in Iraq, we're in Georgetown, we're in New York for those very short scenes. So it is, it, it is interesting to see like movies like that, not faking the locations. You know, in the 70s, you could do that easier. I guess, you, yeah. Um, back to the demon voice. Um, it's actually a really famous radio host uh, way back when. And she thought that the best way to prep for this role um, was to smoke a lot of cigarettes and drink a lot of whiskey to get the raspiness out of the voice that she needed. Um, but she went uncredited because she didn't want to take away from Linda Blair's acting. Like she didn't want people to like think too hard about that not actually being the girl's voice. So I thought that was cool that she like, voluntarily went uncredited well yeah but then she she then said that that wasn't true and she actually sued the director and the studio for credit so so they added her credit in seriously yeah yeah. wow i read like the the unupdated version of that i guess yeah no well it's it's all like he says she said stuff um one thing back to the Ouija board scene, I think like the setup of that is really cool to me because she gets out this Ouija board and she's just as like a little kid, like, oh, this is so interesting. But then like can't get the Ouija board to work because the demon doesn't want to show itself to the mom. Right. Like I, th- I thought that was really, but it like, did work. Well- as soon as the mom puts her hand on the Ouija board, the triangle thing, I don't know what it's called, flipped out of reach of her mom's hand yeah i mean but they didn't really recognize that as it working so that was my point oh i freaked because then because then she did it (laughs) did it because then she then she asks a question to it and it does she's like oh that's not nice why won't you answer so to the mom it's just like you know the child's imagination and to the child, it's like, oh, I want to show you this like weird thing that and that it was working. And it's not working this time. Oh, I thought the kid was being a dick because the question she asks is, "Is my mom pretty?" And the Ouija board didn't move. And the mom's like, "Oh wow, thanks, Reagan." Well, no, I think that I mean, as as you as you just pointed out, the thing does the demon was controlling it if it wanted to. So, um, yeah. Uh, anything in the attic that I missed? Because I, I was like, why is there noises coming from the attic? Why is she going up there? I mean, it goes unsaid, but I just assume that's where the demon hung out like during off times when it didn't want to be in her. Did you feel like the beginning setup to the Iraq thing where he found the little the little demon head statue, the one that's like the size of a paperweight? Do you think that played a role in releasing it or something? I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I also was like the moving way far ahead, but the cop finds like this like piece of like pottery looking thing like a at the bottom of the stairs. And I was like, is that the devil face? Like, I don't know what that is. Pottery thing. 
Yeah, the the cop as he's look he's checking up and down the stairs looking for stuff. I don't know if your movie had that scene, and he finds this like stone looking thing, and it kind of looked like the devil face to me at the end. Uh, yeah, close to the end. I don't I don't remember that. Okay, well, maybe you just didn't have it. Huh. We should have probably coordinated on which version we watched. I didn't know there was like four different versions. Yeah, um, that's not really our fault the the um well i thought it was going to tie my point is i thought it was going to tie into the opening scene but i think the only thing that tied into the opening scene was the fact that we get marin at the end of that yeah which i want to talk about his name once we get closer to the end but um so then the daughter sleeps in the mom's room because she said her bed is shaking and then the mom goes up to the attic for some reason, sees that there's no rats. And then we get this quick scene of the Virgin Mary being desecrated, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So then the next thing is the mom taking the daughter to the doctor. And I was like, that is so weird because she's playing with, because of the Ouija board scene, her stealing a cookie or because she said her bed shake, you took her to the doctor. Like, I don't like that made no sense to me. I, I I took it as she took it to the No, 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 no. She peed herself, dude. That happened after. That happened after? Yeah. So it was because of the bed shaking then. I know, but that's so weird. <laughs> well, it's weird that you would go to a doctor that a inanimate object in your child's room is shaking. But she th- she went because she thought she was lying, but my point is like what if if my I mean I guess because she's twelve you're like that's weird you shouldn't be lying anymore at this age but I don't know I feel like if my kid was like the bed shaking I was like what the fuck are you talking about the bed wasn't shaking <laughs> after watching this movie if my kid says my bed is shaking we're leaving the house yeah we're burning it down starting over <laughs> um, so she takes the doctor or the kid to the doctor and this is when you see the first flash of the demon like next to the kid's head but your version didn't have that um, and I like it, the doctor's just like yeah. Sort of the nerves, uh, Ritalin. I'm going to give her Ritalin. Yeah. Which I think is like something maybe audiences needed to explain to themselves in the 70s. I'm not sure, but now like no one needs to be told what Ritalin is. Right. Um, and all the, all the tests and, you know, I, I just want to kind of talk about the doctor visits as a whole throughout the movie. I thought it was so interesting. And again, not the movie that I was expecting to get when we got like the procedure where they like stick the needle in her neck and the blood squirts out and then them ramming the wire up there and then getting the MRI and the noise of the x-ray machine and everything like that, her sitting in front of like 40 doctors and telling them that they fucking don't know anything, which I think is a scene a lot of people in this day and age can resonate with. Um, how true it's uh it, it's just like outside of this i was like okay cool i'm glad we're gonna spend this amount of time to realize that this is not a medical issue let's get to the freaking exorcism you know yeah no that was i think that could have been trimmed down if i'm gonna make any it's it's so much i i did read though that uh, when this came out, one of the hardest scenes for people to watch was like the neck thing where they stick the and the blood squirts out. Um, so that was 
apparently supposed to be part of like the the horror of this that, that was the that not her 360ing her head to the other side of her body well, but she just kept she kept doing that it was like yeah it's old hat at this point <laughs> jesus um yeah so i mean that that is one i, I think i don't know I think you could maybe take a, a minute or two off the Iraq part and then severely limit the doctors um, as we will do going forward talking about them. But I like how the doctors are so stumped that they are the ones that request she goes see an exorcist. I do like their explanation, though, because it we, they're them saying that, oh, is your daughter religious? Because if she is religious, she might believe in this. And that might have caused her psycho psychosis disorder whatever yeah and the only thing that can fix that is by having an exorcism because she'll also believe in that and that may fix her like it was a good way to explain how a doctor would tell you to go to an exorcist so again jumping around but you 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 know this is what i do this is how i do it um because you can't remember how the movies go because you only watch them once and you don't pay attention (sighs) i feel attacked um the thing about him dousing her with holy water and then it's revealed to us and her mom that it's only tap water. What does that say to he's, you? He's saying that it's a, it's evidence that, so this is what it says. It, well, we're explaining a big part of the movie that we don't need to explain this early, but he did that to see if he could trick the daughter. And if, if the, if the demon, in quotation marks acts like it's holy water when it's not actually holy water then it's not actually a demon it's evidence that this is fake but then he gets that recording and he's like i don't know what this is and the other guy's like oh it's english backwards and the demon says something like fear the priest yeah fear the priest and so and she also they also scream marin which i didn't realize until i watched this the second time with subtitles that that guy's name was Marin. And so they also, this demon wasn't saying fear this fucking dude in the room who's a priest. It was fear Marin. The priest. Fear that priest. And so they were purposely act, they, the demon knew it wasn't holy water, but was acting like it was to, in, to avoid an exorcism is the way I understood it. Huh. Okay. Do you accept that? I accept that. Okay. The, the, to show you how unimportant for the movie purposes, but just to have the demon know information about da- uh, Father Damien, his mom gets sick, goes to a hospital, and then in the next scene, a different character explains like, yeah, mom died. <laughs> yeah. It's like, we don't, need, we don't need to waste time with this. Just like, hey, she was sick, died, done. What I thought was weird about that scene is that it spent more time on random psychotic people approaching him than it did on his actual relationship with his mom. Yeah. Yeah, that was, I mean, I think that scene was supposed to be uncomfortable to watch. I think that was the purpose of it. But we've seen so many of those movies since then that it's just like, for us, it's like, all right, well, let's just get this over with. I mean, at its core, this is a horror movie. They're going to have to stick as many horror elements in this you know to spook the audience but yeah you're right we're kind of like whatever at this point about things like that um um 
so the next is the party that the mom throws and that I really, this is like, I don't know if this is a purposeful red herring or if it was something that was removed that was in the book, but then removed, but the director keeps car, calling Carl a Nazi and Carl's like, I'm Swiss bro. And he's like, sure you are. You Nazi Goebbels loving bastard. I really thought that Carl was going to become a suspect later on in this movie. And in fact, like, you know, the cop asks questions. She's like, oh, well, Carl would know about that. And it's like, oh, all right, well, I guess we're done here. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't have been Carl. Carl, zero motive. So yeah, I just, I, I thought that was I so funny. I understand why, why that was too. I was, um, it was the director who died, right? The director yeah. was thrown out the Burke. window. I was confused at that point on, because we don't, I found it to be an interesting choice to not show burke's death i wish we could have because i think that would have been cool to see like this 12 year old girl twist this guy's head around and then yeet him out the window but i thought what was really effective is we didn't know how he died like the details of it and um we realized this when the old man approaches damien and was like the cop yeah the cop approached damien and was like um blah 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 died and he was fell down the stairs he fell down the stairs he's like well he had other injuries he's like other injuries his neck was completely or his head was completely twisted you know to the back of his uh to the back of his body 180 and um that's when we realized like holy shit like that's bad and he's like well could it have happened any other way it's like unlikely <laughs> right no i think one the the limitations of technology might have made that maybe a little more difficult for them to show i mean because the father damien throwing himself out there didn't exactly look great it wasn't yeah that but her, but reagan's neck twisting did look good yeah, but that's sitting still. You're, you're, she's wearing like a long flowing thing, so you're able to kind of cover it. I think it just makes it easier to do, to pull off. Yeah, just I guess given the technology. Um, one thing that I didn't notice until the second watch is, so when the party starts, you have Father, what's his name? Father O'Malley? I think Father O'Malley is his real name. Um, because Father, the uh, the the guy who... Yeah, Father Dyer, who talks to Damien about his mom dying and, and you know gives him the alcohol and takes his shoes off and all that. That guy's actually a real priest. Oh, that was in this movie. Um, so when the scene when the scene opens up at the party, Father Dyer is talking to an astronaut whose name we don't learn, and he's talking about, "Oh, I want to go up there with you." And what I did not notice is when the little girl comes down, what she says to them looking straight at the astronaut is you're gonna die up there yeah and i was like holy fuck <laughs> and then she pees the carpet yep yeah and then i believe uh at least to me that's when the movie really elevates itself to like now we're in now we're in it you know what i mean no i, I agree because then you get the 
well, what's interesting is right after that, she says, mom, what's wrong with me? Cause you know, that's Reagan. Like that's fully, she's kind of in control, but then the mom walks away and then hears like horrible noises, walks back and she sees the bed shaking. Yeah. Um, and that's when she's like, all right, now, now the demon's letting other people know what's going on. It's not hiding anymore. I thought a cool aspect of the demon being, you know, showing his power here or there uh, is with Father Karras, a.k.a. Damien, we call him Damien. But um, the demon opening the drawer. And then he's like, did you do that? I love how his line delivery on did you do that? Like, did did you do that? Did you do that? Like, was that you? Was that you? Was that what was that? Was that the wind? Um, and then the demon's like, uh huh, and then he closes it and he goes, do it again. And I love that the demon is like, in due time, because it's not like I'm not I'm not I'm not a uh, I'm not a gimmick, you know, like right. I'm not gonna just do something just because you tell me to do it. The entire time, from beginning to end, uh, even as it's being exercised, this demon has control of the of the situation. Exercised. Um, yeah, as, I, this, I agree. as this demon is doing Pilates. One thing too. Uh, so we, I don't want to go into the medical stuff anymore. But when I think the next kind of just crazy scene when the demon is showing off to everyone because you know the mom goes in the office and she he's like well you know i think your daughter you know the fact that she's lying about the bed and she's like oh no the bed was moving and the doctor's like well this isn't about the bed moving he's like well you just said it was just... but anyway the doctor gets called over and he's like well did you give her what i told you and she's like yeah i gave you the thorazine like but shit's gotten real and then you go in there and she's just flipping all over um slaps the doctor and then the line that made my wife burst out laughing was fuck me fuck me fuck me yeah 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 yeah. all the shit's flying everywhere and um this is uh there's a couple of scenes that that didn't spook me but i was like holy fuck like shit's real one was that scene the other scene was where she was stabbing. I'll just say stabbing herself with the crucifix. Oh no, yeah, it's it's coming up. Let's get let's go, let's get through, let's just move through this really quick. So um the doctor who says, like, when she's like, What the fuck just you know, the mom's like, Did you just see what was going on in there? Like, what is that? And he's like, Well, you know, pathological states that can create, you know, great strength. I was like, shut the fuck up, dude. <laughs> But the other doctor's like, all right. You had to give like a fucking example. He's like, well, you know how in a car accident, a mother can lift a whole car because of this, the, the, like, this is not that dude. Like, and also the fact that like, even Damien annoyed me thinking like, oh, he can trick the demon with like tap water. Uh, her fucking eyes are green, dude. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't understand how you look at that little girl's face and it's just like, well, I, I will say, though, the scene where he hears her real voice on the recording, which I don't know how they got that, but she's, like, trying to talk to her. She's trying to, like, compose a message to her father. Mm-hmm. Like, you've heard her 
you've heard this other voice and now you've heard this voice. Like that's not fake. Like, yeah, I don't don't know what what your explanation for that would be. Um, So after this, the mom, she went somewhere and then she's coming back home. When you see the ambulances, I thought when I first saw that, I didn't realize that was the bottom of the stairs. So it like greatly confused my first watch of what was going on. Okay. But then when you watch it again and you know what's happening, like it does make a lot of sense. And the way it's, the way that, that's like the perfect setup for this movie. Like they, that's the perfect location for this movie. Like I, it's, it's honestly like part of the reason it's so great is how well that is like it works with like her driving around and like driving up this hill to get to her house. But those are the stairs at the bottom where Burke's body is. Fun fact is that they had to actually build out part of the house, like an extra wing of the house to make it make sense that when Karis jumps out the window, he lands on those stairs because the way it originally was is that if he jumped out, if anyone jumped out that window, it'd be like, uh, 20 feet to the left yeah, I, re- I think i read something like 40 feet like it was a huge yard yeah so basically uh they had to do some like movie magic building set off of this thing just to kind of make it make sense right um <laughs> the last thing uh this guy just shows up to tell chris that burke has died I don't, I, I don't think we've seen him throughout the movie ever before or after. He may have been at the party. Okay, maybe you can... Who was who supposed to watch Reagan? Was it Burke or was it the nanny? Uh, it was Sharon. The, if, I guess she's the nanny. Her job title was not really explained. It, she was supposed to watch him, but then she's like, no one else is here, and I need to go get this Thorazine because I can't let this fucking monster upstairs wake up. <laughs> and then I guess Burke just dropped by because he's probably in love with the mom and she's like watch the daughter for a minute while i go get the storazine and in like a 20 minute period she fucking rips his head off basically like turns it around yeah but what what i don't get is that so her mom comes back before the babysitter can come back and the windows open right again right and she's like wow why and reagan is out of it right or no or faking yeah yeah she she's completely passed out i oh. think her head i think her head was down too i mean she may have been faking it but it also throughout the movie the demon like comes and goes inside of her that's true so she comes back downstairs really angry the babysitter comes back with the thorzine and chris is like where were you why weren't you here and she's like i just stepped out for like a second but burke was supposed to watch her where's burke she's like burke's not here right i'm right so far right yeah, and then, she, and then the babysitter's like, oh, I shouldn't have relied on Burke. And she's like, well, I guess you shouldn't, which is both of these women admitting that this guy's like a piece of shit. Well, she also got drunk at the party and accused the guy of being a Nazi and then had to like stumble out to his car. I feel like in, apart from the first scene we see him in, every scene we've seen Burke in, he's drunk. Um, but then then what's so weird why is that... that why, was, why was that a moment for the um but? What was that like the drum riff moment? Because I'm getting to the point where it's odd that we didn't get, we didn't physically see any of this, but we are hearing about this, like, babysitter has to step out, but Burke had a watcher, and Burke's now dead. And what's really weird is, like, now comes the guy that you said we've never seen before, 
just comes inside and is like, hey, um, Burke is dead. When I she, know. When she just learned that he was the last one to watch her daughter. But what's really odd is that he's dead, like, right outside. Like, this happened 20 minutes ago. Like, the body is still warm right outside. How did she not see that? And now, why does this guy know? Because it's down the steps is why she didn't see it. She drove right past it. She didn't know what it was. Um, And I think it may have made more sense for this guy to come in, although I don't know if you could trust him with a scene like this of being like, I just want to come check on you and see how you're doing. And she'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? And you're like, Burke's dead outside. <laughs> like he, maybe fell, that he fell down the steps. Now it's kind of ridiculous if you think about it, that he fell down these steps, but he was thrown out the fucking window. Like, yes, he, he fell down the steps. That's why there's an impact mark with like blood splatter everywhere. I mean, first of all, these aren't crime scene investigators. And like, what are they going to think? Like he was, Yes, you're right. The 12-year-old sedated daughter threw him out the window 40 feet and then he barreled down the stairs. Even though this, I feel like this scene has issues, I do like the fact that it is revealed to us when Karis, um, Damien, learns that his neck was twisted. Uh, right. Around. Oh, and this is, you and I talked about this before we started recording, but right after this unnamed he's named in the movie i don't remember his name right after that dude leaves reagan makes a noise everyone looks at the stairs and she is backwards crab walking down the stairs in a, in a way although they got a contortionist to do it or a gymnast contortionist and then as she gets to the bottom of the stairs just spits blood pouring out of her mouth and it's probably like one of the creepiest parts of the movie and that was not in the original cut i think because it was too fucking creepy um i was gonna say i did not have that cut yeah yeah, you wouldn't have handled it well. Uh, that is, you know, it's so funny because I got this. It's so weird. I need to rewatch it. Um, at least that scene because now, now you tell me where it is. So I can like pinpoint it exactly. It's in the YouTube trailer. So I was really looking forward to actually watching it. And I couldn't find it. It wasn't there. So I... Anyways, maybe if I would go back and pinpoint it, it was like um, a quick, maybe it's a quicker scene where she doesn't pour blood out of her mouth. So the next scene, Reagan grabs a shrink's dick. Did you have that? Yeah, I had that. That was good. Yeah. Because uh, really, the shrink really is trying to talk that. to her, right? He's trying to talk to the whatever's inside of her. At this point, they probably think it's a split personality. Um, so, and he's like, you have to talk to me because I've hypnotized you. And that's how this works. <laughs> Dean's like, the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the, the logic where it was like, I hypnotized Reagan. So anyone living inside her body is also hypnotized. I'm like, that's not true. That's sound to me. I don't, I don't see any flaws with it. Um, right after this is the scene with the cop and Damien that we've talked about. I, I like the asks him to a movie thing for him to say, I've already seen it only for that just to be repeated at the very end of the movie. And the cops, like, got oh, funny guys. I also like how he was like, Hey, you look like a boxer. And then he's like, you look like Paul. Has anyone told you you look like Paul Newman? 
Well, so he says you look like some actor, and then at the end when he's pissed him off, he says he looks like some other actor. So I looked both of these actors up, and like the first actor, I guess, is slightly better looking than the second actor. Um, but I don't. Otherwise, I don't know what the point of that was. But I think that's what he was what he was making fun of. And a correction to you, David. This is the second time we actually see Father Damien laugh. Mm-hmm. It was a fake laugh. <laughs> sure. Um, okay. Now, can we talk about the part where the mom walks into Reagan's room? Nope. Uh. Um. <sighs> Yes. So we already talked about the scene with all the doctors and she's like, I've been to 88 fucking doctors and none of you can tell me what to do. And they tell her, you know, try an exorcism. Um, right after this, the mom, and this is the scene where like simultaneously the cop finds that piece of statue or whatever, but the mom finds a crucifix under her daughter's pillow. Right. And asks Carl and then asks Sharon and then asks the other lady whose name I don't know did any of you do this? And they all say no. And that's interesting because it's not really said, but you know, they just asked previously like, Hey, is your daughter religious? And she's like, I don't think so. None of you know, you know, no. And then she finds this crucifix. So it is like the daughter had become religious. And that's like, I think very interesting, like the way that they show that. I don't understand how the crucifix made it back under the pillow after the mom took it though. Okay, good. You're confused about that too. Because the cop shows up, they talk, Carl seemingly gets away with killing Burke. And then she goes back into her daughter's room and she is um, stabbing in her lower area with a crucifix. And it's very bloody. And uh, what I didn't realize after that is she then grabs her mom's head and sticks it low and says, lick me, lick me. Um, you didn't notice that. I didn't notice what she said the first time. Uh, I noticed well. the blood all over the mom's face. And apparently the actress, um, Ellen Burstyn, she was, when the daughter hits her and she falls back, she was actually like had a pulley pull her back. Yeah. And that gave her a permanent spinal injury. Uh uh-huh. Like not like, you know, just, it, it is a permanent injury, not something that's like debilitated her, but something. So she when she's, she's on the floor and the Amar is coming towards her and those screams of pain are actual screams of pain. Yes. <laughs> gotcha. Um, so I just, that, that, that is probably the scene that sticks with you the most. It's not really, uh, oh, <laughs> it's not really like scary. Although I did have a question. The, the, at the very end of that scene, the, Reagan turns and said, you know what she did? Your cunting daughter. Yeah. And I was like, when did this demon become British? <laughs> Silly, David. All demons are British. I guess. Uh, it, it is odd um, that like, okay, so, 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 so many things happen in this scene that are iconic specifically to this movie. Like, for example, I feel like this scene is parodied specifically in one of the scary movies. Maybe Scary yeah, Movie 1. I forget which one, yeah. Scary Movie 2. Um, from the beginning of that scene where she's, you know, penetrating the crucifix and then uh, there's blood everywhere, throws her mom back, uh, moves the furniture. I thought the scariest, and then, of course, like, you know, turns her head a, a full 180 um, and becomes British. 
the the scariest part of me uh, of that scene to me was when the rest of the people in the household were running towards the door and the door just slammed shut. I was like, ah, shit. That's, I hate that. I hate when doors slam shut. That's my biggest thing. Well, and that's just, that's a fucking like every like horror movie, you know, uses that now. Yeah. But that's like the OG. And I'm like, ugh, that's awful. Um, but, but the movie cuts away, doesn't it? Once she says, uh, you don't know what she's done, your cunting daughter. Like, you don't know how, how the mom gets out of the room. You just assume that, like, her head goes back on straight. She lays back down, passes out, and her, her mom can open the door. But you, it cuts away. And the way this movie cuts away to different scenes is interesting to me. Like, the staircase one, like you said. It's like it doesn't need to, you know, it doesn't need to explain things that don't matter. Yeah. And I think that's kind of one of the brilliant things about this movie is that we don't know we're not 100 percent sure how reagan gets possessed but the fact that she does and we're just gonna have to deal with it i like that you know we don't need a drawn out explanation yeah i mean that's where i think that's where movies like this science fiction movies it, it like explaining too much i guess in science fiction movies people like to pick things apart that aren't explained but explaining things that you don't need to can only lead to trouble sure um so i think we can go through the this we've kind of talked about this but at this point she goes to damien for the exorcism he's like i i do like all the explanation and i was reading that you know friedkin really like got into obviously it's based on a book but he also did a lot of research on how this process worked and you know, they, the church does have to investigate it and authorize it. It's, it doesn't happen very often, but there is like factual accounts from history of, of exorcisms. Um, and that, the fact I that, also, well, real quick, I also feel like every iteration of anything that involves an exorcism, whether it's a movie, a TV show, anything like that, always comes back to what we have to ask a higher priest permission or we have to ask the vatican permission or it always comes back to asking someone permission to do so and and i think it's because thanks to this movie other people in different forms of media have tried to keep the realism of that specifically uh yeah yeah i mean it 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 would make sense to at least get that part right um so, you know, at the beginning, Damien's not really, doesn't seem like he wants to do it. He visits Reagan, and somehow in that first visit, I, I do like the delineation. He's wearing his just, like, a normal jacket when he goes to see her the first time. And he's just like, you know, she, you know, Reagan's like, I'm the devil, um, asks the mother's maiden name, and she won't give it because he's like, I want proof that you know things you shouldn't. Um, and then the throw up in the face happens. Yep. And the next time he comes, he's in the outfit, the collar, everything as a priest. And I, I like the, the way that that is shown. I didn't notice that, but good on you for re- noticing that. I do it again. 
Um, but yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And this is the part where basically this and the next scene where he comes back in with the with the recorder is kind of the perfect examples of where the demon does not see Damien as a threat. He there the demon is toying with him, is pretending to be, you know, hurt by the the holy water. Though even though I guess it is to think to make Damien think that Reagan is faking it, even though mm-hmm. even though there's so many other things in this um like opening like the, he didn't need to open the drawer, right? Like the demon did not need to open the drawer, and yet he did. He did not need to be like, "Oh, I know your mom is dead." And yet he did. So it's just toying with him at this point. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And as as Marin says later on, it's like these they use truth and lies just to basically fuck with us. So it's like don't listen to him because that's not not going to help. Let me ask you something about Marin, and I know he hasn't quite entered this this scene yet. Um, I don't know if you know this. How old do you think the actor who played Marin is, or was during the time of filming? I do know, but I'll let you say it. Uh, you do? You looked it up? Well, because this guy has... He, he, so he looks the same in this movie as he does in everything I've seen up to... He died in 2020, sadly. But he's looked the same in this as he has my entire life. So I was like, what the fuck's going on? And then I realized he had heavy makeup on. But that, that just shows you how good the fucking makeup was that they made him look how he did look later on. Yes, actually, it was it was joked on set that he had more makeup on than Reagan did, than Linda Blair did. Well, and they both had to go through like this extensive process for their makeup. So yeah, that's um, yeah. Which is like at that point, why don't you just get an older guy? You could, but I think he was great in this part. So he was great in that part. Now here's here's my biggest confusion. They made a second one of these. And a third. And a third. And Linda Blair comes back as Reagan in the second. But so does Marin. And my understanding is Marin died at the end of this movie. Well, interestingly enough, Damien comes back in the third. Is that a prequel? Nope. Is he a ghost? He is possessed. Ah, close enough. I mean, we're not doing the second and third, I think, for obvious reasons. Um, (laughs) Just sticking with the first one. What I find interesting next is, and we talked about the speaking backwards, but the fact that the demon knew that Marin was going to be the one coming before Damien even asked to do the exorcism and before the higher-ups even chose Marin... That's what makes me think that the demon had something to do with the beginning in Iraq. Yeah, I, may, maybe, but I think it's also just like playing into the, just the whole demon knows best. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Good enough. Good enough. Moving on. With 30 minutes left, Marin shows up to the house in like a very iconic scene and shot. Yep. Um, Although I read, and I didn't time this part, but I was just like, oh, 30 minutes left, the exorcism starts. But apparently the exorcism is only like nine minutes long. I don't know how they calculated that. But 
to me, last 30 minutes is like the, the iconic part of this movie. Of course. Um, because even after Damien dies, it doesn't, the movie basically ends almost immediately. Um, and then what, what's interesting to me at that point, when you know that it's Marin coming there, um, the the preparation okay so take it this way you and i have never seen this movie before yet we have seen either <clears throat> criminal mind episodes about exorcisms or like i don't know if you saw the psych episode about exorcisms but i feel like every show has like an exorcist episode that parodies it somewhat and so watching all of those and never watching the original it's very basic to me to be like, yes, yes, yes. Um, holy waddle, uh, water, sorry, <laughs> waddle, Jesus Christ. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, holy water, uh, a Bible, a uh, crucifix, and you know, like this, uh, like this is just stuff you bring on an exorcism. Do you wonder why Damien didn't already have it? Do you think he thought, do you think he thought Marin was bringing it? And Marin's like, I can't really carry that all. That's kind of heavy. Yeah. It's like, uh, you brought the holy water, right? He's like, no, no, I thought you brought it, man. Do you think it's similar to like local honey where like if the demon's in Georgetown, you need Georgetown holy water? <laughs> it's just like, I love when um, he, he brings to the mom's concern, like, hey, I, I just doused the demon in tap water. Um, and the mom's like, what's the difference? And he's like, uh, holy water has been blessed. Are you serious, Chris? Yeah, no, I, I think that's funny. Um, you know, they go through the whole, they go through the whole exorcism, the first round and they're like, all right, well, we need a rest because that did not work. Although if you notice, it almost looks like the demon, I don't know, I guess in your version, but there's a shot where the demon face is kind of on Reagan's face and it almost looks like it's coming out a little bit. Like maybe it's trying to represent that the exorcism might be working. Did you have that? I did. I did have that and kind of like a glitch. It almost looked like a little glitch thing. Um, I do want to talk about when Marin first like actually sits down with the demon and how it just like loogies in the, uh, in Marin's eye. And um, I love Damien's reaction to it. Like Damien, because Damien knows that this demon can projectile vomit. So Damien like stands way back and hides behind the bedpost. Did you notice that? Yeah, he was, I mean, he was very scared throughout the whole thing. And it's like kind of the point of like why we needed someone who had done this before. Um, but <laughs> I didn't, I didn't take it as like, oh, I know that she spits. And so... I'm going to, I'm going to stay out of the spit zone. I took it as, I took it as like, I, I'm like, I'm scared. Um, honestly, if this was a, a real situation that I found myself in, I would also be scared. <laughs> um, I do like, so Damien goes in, gets tricked by his mom's voice and Caesar, did you get that in your version? I, maybe i think so i think it's a, so. I, it's a flash i th probably I, I doubt it wasn't there um 
but then I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't paying attention to as well as I should have like the second round towards the end. Cause I was like, I know this exorcism got it. Um, but M- Marin comes in and tells him to leave. <laughs> and I think it's like unintentionally funny to me that, uh, so Marin goes in by himself. Damien goes downstairs and is just sitting there and she's like, and the, and the, the mom is just like, is it over? Is she, has she been exercised? And he's like, no. And then she's like, is my daughter going to die? And Damien stands up and is just like, no. <laughs> like it's an action movie. Like I'm getting back in there. So he, he gets back in. pumps his shotgun. He takes the holy water grenades, like pulls the pins and walks in the room. Well, he might as well have because he goes in, finds Marin dead, and then just puts the daughter on the floor, just starts beating the shit out of her. And one thing that was confusing to me was, did the daughter kill Marin? And Ace, and I don't know what your version showed, but I don't think it showed this, but in the director's cut, which I didn't see either, apparently it's more clear that he died because he couldn't take one of his pills in time and that um, the demon slash Reagan was just watching this happen, just kind of curiously, which is what it kind of looked like. It didn't look like she killed him, but it was unclear in the version I watched, and I think in the version you watched. What was confusing about that scene is that when <clears throat> when Damien walks back in, she's untied from the bed completely, uh, and she's just kind of like, like you said, like just watching. Um, Damien trying to revive Marin. Uh, but she was tied up when we left her. So did the demon's power untie her or did Marin untie her? That was my question. I think um, from what I read, she just like the demon slowly was getting out as Marin was like clutching his chest and falling on the bed. Mm. So... um yeah, I think a demon can overcome like material on her wrists. How uh how fucking baller would it have been if like Marin just faked his own death totally like in anticipation of Damien coming in, getting possessed, jumping out the window, dying, and then Marin just like gets up. He's like, Huh, okay. Now that's over. Now she's cured. D- Damien left? What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> what? Ah, I did my job. That little bitch couldn't even hang on. Um, I do like the last little, like, as, after he jumps out, Father um, Father Dyer coming in yeah. and giving him the last rites and, like, you know, the, the kind of the pulse. I think he was, like, squeezing his hand to, to respond. Um, I thought that was, like, a really cool touch to it. And it kind of showed, like, that the movie was, like, paying attention to, like, what would be like just very insistent on being as accurate as it could um so just to wrap it up real quick the the demon came out of reagan into father damien and then father damien voluntarily jumped out the window or the demon made him jump out the window so you see the demon come into Father Damien and you see its eyes in Damien's eyes. And then he does like a shake of the head and was like, no. And then it's Father Damien's face and eyes again. And he jumps out the window. Okay. Or yeets himself, as you keep saying on this episode. Well, he does. He does. And it works. 
Um, I do like the little the little epilogue or whatever of like the mom like we're getting the fuck out of here and like oh the daughter doesn't remember anything, um, and I really appreciate that the cop because the cop shows up as Damien jumps out the window. I really appreciate the cop like from this has figured everything out, understands and is like okay this is probably like we'll just call this a wash like little girl I'm not I'm not arresting this little girl. Um, I I really like father dyer kind of being like getting the the necklace from um the mom damien's necklace from the mom and saying goodbye <laughs> okay so funny thought occurred in my head while i was watching the ending of this movie you know how he's watching them drive away in the car i was like how fucked up would it be if her head just spun around at the back of the car I told I told Ashley that if this was a worse movie like made today, the like if this was made today, the little girl would turn around the car and just be like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like make a face like that. That was what that was what a 2020, 2021 version of this just movie a, would be. just a nod and a wink. Right. Um, I also was very confused as to what the point the little girl kissed the priest on the cheek. And. I didn't understand what the oh, point of that was. Oh, because she looks at the collar. So here's here's my theory on that: is that she was pretty much out of it the entire exorcism, but she probably had some sort of percentage that she was like aware of what was happening, just very like low. And so both Damien and Marin were wearing the collars, so she probably like took some sort of comfort in the the priest collar. So when she saw it on Dyer, she was like some sort of like comfortable connection with that. That's, that's the way I took it. Uh, I, I can see that. Accept um, that? Yeah, I'll accept that. Now, real quick, because you haven't done it, um, you want to go over some, uh, some alternate casts? Before we do that, I just want to say that while we did mention that it was the first horror movie to win the Academy Award. Nominated. Uh, didn't win. Oh, it didn't win nominated. Okay. Um, well, it was nominated for ten. It did win two. It didn't win Best Picture. I don't. I don't know what you meant. It won four Golden Globes, I believe. Who gives a shit? Okay, but here's here's the other thing. It is the most profitable horror movie to this day. It it's it was Warner a, Brothers. It's Warner Brothers' most profitable mu- movie ever, and I think it's the ninth most profitable R-rated movie based on inflation. So. How profitable is it? Its budget was $12 million and it made over $440 million. Yeah. Now, one thing I will say about that is back in the day, um, movies just stayed in theaters for years and would come back a lot. Except for this movie. Because people hated like religious zealots and like gr- religious groups hated this movie so much because they thought it glorified um, Satan that while they couldn't really do anything in the US, they got it completely kicked out of the UK after like one week. One more uh, fact before we can do your alternate casting. There were death threats sent out to Linda Blair. I mean, imagine this like 14, 15 year old girl. Death threats from religious zealots and so the producers put her on like a 24-hour bodyguard for like six months after the movie premiered. 
because they were worried that someone was going to like try to take her out. What's funny is all those death threats would now be on Instagram and no one would take them seriously. That's, that's true. All right, alternative casting. So I'm just going to, real quick, um, the producers wanted Jamie Lee Curtis for the Reagan role and her mother was just absolutely fucking not. <laughs> wow. She will not be doing that. And then uh, I think a few years later, she did Halloween. Um, so here are the people that were, could have played Father Damien. I'm just going to rapid fire and then explain two of them. Jack Nicholson, Dustin Hoffman, Warren Beatty, Burt Reynolds, Ryan O'Neill, Peter Fonda, Al Pacino, John Voight, Robert Blake, Christopher Walken, Alan Delon, don't know who that is. James Caan, Roy Schneider, Paul Alain Newman. Delon is a, like one of the most famous French actors ever. Nobody gives a fuck. Paul Newman, Marlon Brando, Elliot Gould, Alan Alda, and George Hamilton. You know, Marlon Brando was almost cast as Marin. Oh, okay. So, well, I guess I read that wrong. Anyway, the studio wanted Brando for Marin. William Friedkin said no, because then this is just going to be a Brando movie and not my yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, Friedkin said no to Jack Nicholson because he thought he was too unholy to ever play a priest. Maybe all those people, you know what? All those people were probably for the Marin role then. Now I miss, I thought they were for the Damien. No, 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 you're right. Uh, Nicholson was for um, Damien and so was Hoffman. Okay. Um, and then Roy Schneider was vetoed by the guy that wrote the book, but there's no explanation for why. That's Maybe if Jaws had come out before, he would have been like, all right, you know, I'll take that guy from Jaws. I know the guy, I know the guy who wrote the book came on as a producer because he really wanted to have a say in who was cast. Yeah, and then there was some issue with him being like kicked off set towards the end and he sued Friedkin in the studio and it became a whole thing. A lot of lawsuits surrounding this. Actually, a dude passed out in the movie theater and sued the studio because when he passed out, his head hit the seat in front of him and he broke his jaw. You know how in this day and age, if you were to like get a ticket to go see like a 3D movie, like with your ticket, you also got a pair of 3D glasses. Yeah. So with The Exorcist, uh, a complimentary barf bag, like with like the Exorcist movie stamp on it was like given to you as you entered the theater. Cool. Last story. So in 85, Joel Schumacher was filming St. Elmo's Fire at Georgetown and attempted to get permission to film at the same Jesuits faculty school that was where um, The Exorcist was filmed, and they rejected him. And he said, you let Bill Friedkin film The Exorcist here in 73, and one of the characters in that movie said, your mother sucks cocks in hell. And one of the priests replied, yes, but the devil didn't win in their movie. <laughs> Spoiler alert for St. Elmo's Fire. I've always wanted to see St. Elmo's Fire. I hope you didn't ruin it for me. I honestly didn't know the devil was in St. Elmo's Fire. So I, I thought it was the... about, yeah, I didn't. I thought it was about a volcano. What? Is that Dante's Inferno? That's Dante's Inferno's. That's is about that Dante's... Is it Dante's Peak? That might be true. Um, you know how last year we did uh, an episode where we talked about Halloween? Mm -hmm. And I mentioned that um, in 2018, they, they kind of did a reboot slash like sequel of Halloween that I went to see and I thought it was really good. Yeah. Um, earlier this year, the same people who did that reboot of Halloween announced that they are going to do that to this movie. Yeah. And it looks like Ellen Burstyn is 
attached. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of I Finally Watched. I'm Alon. And this is David. And, and we, we finally, finally watched, watched The Exorcist. The Exorcist.